0: Growing up or, or whatever the case. We know this. There's even people who wish they could be fathers and aren't able to be, at least biologically. And so we we just recognize today that there is a lot of different feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of complicated stuff that always goes into family relationships, especially fathers. It seems like every second movie that comes out in the movie theater is about a father-son <laughs> or father-daughter relationship. Um, dads seem to have quite an impact, for better or worse. One of the things I also wanted to sort of pick up on today is that as we look around, as we look through our lives, as we look through history, we recognize that there is more to the father relationship than, than just the biological dad and their children. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about God as our father, and he's provided this perfect, amazing picture of fatherhood for us, so that even if we have not attained to that as ourselves as fathers, or if we have an experience of fathers that's not what we hoped it would be, we have that to fall back on. We have that to hold on to, which is amazing. But we also recognize um, that not all fathers are dads, and not all dads are fathers, And by that, I mean that there are non-biological father relationships and mother relationships that we see happening all around us. There's opportunities for those father figures or those mother figures in our lives. And that's something I wanted to kind of talk about this morning just a little bit. And on that note, I wanted to uh, tell a story to you real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time uh, on this today, but I wanted to tell a story. It's a true story about a young man named Tim. This is not actually a photo of Tim. I don't have a photo of Tim, uh, but this is a clip art, and so we're going to call him Tim. So this is Tim. Now, Tim lived in a, well, sort of a medium town. It's kind of one of those towns that's big enough to end up on all of the maps, but small enough that no one ever stops in it, you know, those sorts of towns. So he grew up in a town, and he had just a regular family. He had a mum and he had a dad. And this was an area uh, where there weren't a lot of Christians in this particular area. However, his mother was a Christian. In fact, his grandmother was as well. And so through his grandmother and his mother, he had become a Christian. But his father, he was more secular orientated. Now, he wasn't a bad guy by any measure. He seemed like a a decent enough dad. But as, as Tim grew in his faith, as he sort of grew up and sort of learned more and grew closer to God, him and his dad seemed to have less and less of that connection, that bond because there's that fundamental difference in worldview. Now, Tim, he led a, well, would you call it an unremarkable life? Just a regular sort of life. He's a young man. He sort of did his education. He's looking into what sort of work he's going to get into. Um, and he was a bit shy. He's a little bit timid. Not your outgoing party, center of the party type person, but he was a good kid. He was a good guy, and a lot of people had a lot of respect for him. He had the respect of the people in his town and even in the in the surrounding area. People knew of him and like, "Oh yeah, Tim, he's good people. We liked him." Now, everything was unremarkable, but his life was about to take a massive turn. Now, as I mentioned, there weren't a lot of Christians in Tim's hometown, but they had a, a small church there, and every now and then, a traveling preacher would come by. And there was once a guy who came into Tim's town, and he was this big-time preacher. Don't ask me why the preacher is holding a briefcase, uh, because my clip I selection was not fantastic. So uh, anyway, but this is this preacher coming, and he was big-time. Like, he wasn't just some traveling guy who spoke, and you kind of forget about him. This was the guy who was famous all around the world. And he had actually come to Tim's town a few years previously, but this time Tim got to meet this preacher. And man, he had never met a guy like this before. He had never met a preacher or anyone who had the kind of zeal and the passion for God. And he was so he believed so deeply in what he was talking about and he lived it out. He had given his entire life to God and to to helping people know who God was. He was like, he had this amazing way of speaking and, and he used his really sharp intellect like he was a smart guy, but it wasn't just about his head, his heart was involved as well and you could tell immediately that this preacher was the real deal. He knew exactly what he was talking about and he believed it to his core. And Tim had never met a guy like this. And it was so encouraging to see this happen. Well, and that probably would have been the end of that. Except the preacher also saw something special in Tim when he met Tim. And instead of just, you know, ignoring that and being a big shot, just moving on to the next town to collect his paycheck, he decided he's going to do something about that. He was going to make a connection with Tim to mentor this young man. He was going to say, you know what? I see something special in you, and I'm going to invite you to join me in my ministry. And so he did. And then Tim joins him on the road, and Tim's life is never the same Again, they have so many adventures. He goes with the preacher from town to town, and they're starting churches, and they're they're sort of dealing with the churches that they had already started, and that sort of teaching and, and engaging with people, going out into the community, sharing Jesus with all sorts of people, and. Tim got to see behind the curtains for what was going on. And he didn't just see this message that he presented, but he saw the preacher's life. He saw the good. He saw the bad. He saw the victory. He saw the failures. He saw the ugly. He saw the times that he was super confident, and he saw the times that he was questioning himself and doubting. He saw all of that. And because of that, and because of that connection, and because the preacher was teaching Tim everything that he knew, he was including him, he was engaging with him, their bond grew stronger and stronger. And under his teaching, Tim grows into a strong leader in his own right. And this respect starts to grow, and the preacher is looking at this guy, and they have this special connection, and he is like, this guy is doing really, really well. And the respect and the love that grew between them is impressive. I actually have a a quote uh, from a letter that the preacher uh, wrote. And he says, I have no one quite like Tim. He's loyal. He's genuinely concerned for you. Most people around here are looking out for themselves with little concern for the things of Jesus. But you know yourselves that Tim's the real thing. He's been a devoted son to me as together we've delivered the message. What an incredible testament, a testimony to this connection, this mentoring relationship. Now eventually, uh, the preacher, as much as he would loved to have Tim with him all of the time, he recognizes that Tim needs to take his next step. He needs to sort of take on a ministry of his own. So the preacher gives Tim his own church to run, even though he's still pretty young at this point, probably a young man. And it was a scary proposition for Tim. I mean, he didn't know what he was doing, and he was, he was younger than most of the people that he was supposed to be leading, and a lot of them didn't really respect him very much. But Tim believed that he could do it because the preacher had believed in him and because that preacher was still engaging with him and still helping him. The preacher never gave up on him. He never sort of just left him off on his own. He encouraged him to face that adversity head on. He says, don't let anyone put you down because you're young, he would tell Tim. But live a strong life of faith as an example to everyone. This was the kind of relationship that he had. And so the preacher kept on encouraging him. And this was before the days of email. So he would write letters to Tim. And he would encourage him and keep teaching him and helping him. And then that would continue to encourage him. A couple of those letters uh, actually came quite famous. Um, And they ended up being collected together with some of the other preacher's letters that he'd written to other churches and some of the works that he had collected together. And they sort of put this uh, sort of anthology of, of, of the preacher's works and some of the other famous teachers of the day, and they all put them together into this one book. And you might know this book, actually, because that book is called The New Testament. Some of you picked this up along the road. The preacher is Paul the writer of the book of Romans that we've been looking through. Tim is better known as Timothy. Very good. Timothy. And they had one of the strongest and best mentoring relationships that I have ever seen. And it is not an exaggeration to say that that mentoring relationship changed the world. Through the work of those two men, they planted all sorts of churches shared Jesus with so many people. And it all started with one person seeing something in a younger person and then deciding to engage with that, deciding to help, to teach, to mentor. This is what I love about the story of Timothy and Paul, especially today on Father's Day, is that it went beyond a simple internship program. It wasn't like Paul sort of signed Timothy up and he says, all right, we're going to do like 15 hours a week and I'm going to have this, this, and this for you and we'll do debrief meetings and all of that sort of stuff. They may have done stuff like that, but it went beyond that into this deep personal connection. There was a father-son relationship that formed a father figure for Tim. Someone in the faith who was showing him where to go next, to how to be a strong man of faith, how to be a leader in the church. He calls Timothy several times. He calls him his true son in the faith. What a beautiful connection. So as we celebrate Father's Day today, his story shows us there's a myriad of non-traditional, non-genetic type father relationships or mother relationships that can exist especially within the church community, especially within the community of God's people. These relationships can form and and do amazing things they are available to us, and we can give them to others. Paul's example inspires us, whether we have children or not, to be able to be fathers and mothers to others in our church community. We all have something. We all have some experience, something that God has given us, skills, wisdom, gifts, that we can pass on through relationship to other people. How? Well, real quick, I want to run through a few things that Paul did that might help us as we think about how we can do the same for others. The first is simply inviting them to journey with you. In Acts 16, it says, Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. They were simple. It just really sort of brushes over this, but what a momentous decision. What an incredible moment where Paul saw something in Timothy. He saw, you know what, this guy's got potential. Instead of just sort of recommending him to go to Bible college or, or sending him some flyers or places that he can extend his knowledge, he says, no, I am going to take you under my wing. I am going to help you and mentor you. It doesn't have to be full-time journeying, by the way. Well, I'm not suggesting that we all sort of go on the road with someone and, and, and all that sort of thing, because we all have different paths, different journeys that we're on. But we can all take someone with us along on that journey. I've seen plenty of examples already happening in the church where I see people who, parents who have kids' friends and, and, and sort of just come alongside the friends of their kids and mentor them and help them and show Jesus to them, things like that. It's incredible. The options are limitless on how this plays out. Maybe it's a job opportunity. Maybe it's just conversations on a Sunday morning or in small group. There's lots of things that we can do to build up those around us. Now also, and I hate to have to say this, but we also need to make sure that the way that we do this is appropriate too, all right, so <laughs> there's a door that you can go through here to sort of make this a negative thing, uh, so obviously, if you mentoring someone, that person has to want to be mentored, you know, so you can't go chasing after someone who really doesn't want your attention, that's called stalking, and we don't like that, just to be clear, um, also, if we're making connections with teenagers, with minors, it goes through the parents, all right, so we don't want to sort of just sort of duck in behind parents' backs, because we want to make sure that Everybody is healthy and safe. But that doesn't mean, that shouldn't stop us from seeing how we can invest in those around us. Sorry. Second thing we can do is to pass on your wisdom. This is what I was saying. This, um, Paul said to Timothy, You, Timothy, certainly know what I teach, because he told him, how I live, because he showed him, and what my purpose in life is, because he shared that with him. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know all of these things because you have seen them. So we need to let these people see us and see our wisdom, the good things that God has given us that we can pass on, the difficulties that we have come across so that they don't have to come across those same things. We have an ability to do this. And then we need to encourage them encourage them to take their next step. This is not about us. It's not for our own glory. It's for their encouragement. So Paul says, when I left for Macedonia, I urged you, Timothy, to stay there in Ephesus and to stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. So he gave him a job to do. He gave him something so that it wasn't just sit under my wing, sit under my wing, but actually to get out and, and spread your own wings. And then the fourth thing that he did was to continue to follow up and encourage. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these things, these evil things. Pursue righteousness in a godly life along with faith love perseverance and gentleness fight the good fight for the true faith hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you which you have declared so well before many witnesses i mean this is really good encouragement for us all of those words are for us but even behind that we see that paul is continuing to encourage to push to to mentor timothy even when he wasn't there even when paul was doing something else and timothy had sort of gone on his own journey he followed that up and encouraged them All right, so that's a lot. And what an amazing opportunity we have, though, to see those who are younger than us or younger in the faith than us and to be able to provide an encouragement to the next step. I love my three boys. I have three fantastic young men here. I will always be their dad. I will always be their father. No one is going to take that role away from me. But it is my sincere hope and prayer that during their lifetime, during their time in this congregation, in this community, that they will have multiple father and mother figures in their lives. I hope and pray that there will be men and women who would be willing to invest time and love and wisdom into their lives so that they will be able to take their next step towards Jesus. So that my voice is not the only one in their ear, because teenagers don't always like hearing that voice from their parents. I don't know. But that they would have multiple voices, multiple people showing them the right way. And I hope I can be a father in the faith to many people. I hope that I can have more than three children of the faith. That I will be able to invest what God has given me into other people. This is what it means to be a family of God. This is what it means to be a community, that we all take the gifts, the life experience, the wisdom, the good, the bad, the ugly that we have, and we pour it into that next generation or into those who are coming after us so that they may take the kingdom of God into places that we could never even dream, that they could push it forward. Wouldn't that be something?